I just love what you do for me. You're so reliable, smart and incredibly well-connected. <clears throat> Excuse me, could I pay for my meal? Oh, of course, just having a moment with my Combank Smart Terminal. Tap away. Feel a stronger connection. With extra connectivity, you're always payment ready. There's more to love with the Combank Smart Terminal. Mm, it is a nice terminal. Eligibility criteria, fees and T's and C's apply. Hey, welcome to the Medicubes podcast, where we bring you all that's good, exciting and sometimes challenging in primary health care. I'm Chris Spee, joined by my good friends Kim Pointer and Rivka Hagen. Together we bring a wealth of experience and passion, as well as being in the thick of what's going on in our industry. We used to have a laugh, debrief and chat about all the big issues and what was happening in our own professional worlds and invite you to join us in this conversation. So join us and our invited guests every month to bring you a lighthearted take on the latest, greatest and controversial issues and a few pearls of wisdom along the way. In the spirit of reconciliation, we acknowledge the traditional custodians of the lands on which we meet and pay our respects to the elders past, present and emerging. A hearty welcome from Biripai country. And uh, Rivka Hagen here. I'm meeting you from Jajawurrung country. And a big hello from Turbul and Jagara country. Hey everybody, welcome to this very special on-the-fly edition of the Medicubes podcast. Today we wanted to update everyone hot off the presses, the Queensland news around payroll tax. Joined today by Kim and Rivka. How are you guys going? Oh, I'm uh, cracking to go. I am uh, just so excited to hear some good news around the payroll tax story, even though it's not quite hitting my home state just yet. But I'm just so keen to hear a little bit more about what's going on. So, hey, Heidi, everyone. And look, this is where I should declare my Queensland loyalties. I live here in Brisbane and a lot of the news this week has been coming out about Queensland. I'm uh, just going to declare that one straight up. It's a conflict of interest, but one, it's pretty exciting. Now we have our first ever return guest today, which is very exciting. Our first uh, two-timer, Dr. Bruce Willett joins us. Uh, welcome back to the podcast, Bruce. Oh, wonderful to be back with this fun group. Um, enjoyed it so much the, the first time I'm back for more. <laughs> that should be on our podcast reviews. Uh, hit iTunes, pop it on there, give a review, five stars. Enjoyed it so much, came back for more. What a fun fact. What awesome fun fact have you got for our listeners? So, look, last week we had a big announcement from Queensland with regards to uh, updating the public ruling that the Queensland Government and the Queensland Revenue Office have done about payroll tax as it applies to GPs. So two main parts of it. The first part is that when they initially released the public ruling just before Christmas on Christmas Eve, many of your listeners will remember, it really said where payroll tax does apply to general practices. Now, I went back to the Treasurer and to QRO and the Commissioner and said, that's really all very well and good. But we really need you to say when payroll tax does not apply, so when it's not a relevant contract. So lots of discussions, lots of backwards and forwards between uh, myself, the Treasurer, QRO. And so the big news today is that they have released that information about when payroll tax does not apply. So that's a, that's a huge thing. The other thing is part of that, they've extended the amnesty, the, the period of time that people can apply for the amnesty. So that extends out now to November. So I guess there's now there's three parts to it. There is a clear path forward about how to secure a safe position with regards to payroll tax. 
there is the amnesty that protects practices from the retrospective payments, which let's face it, is a thing that was actually closing practices down around the country and has closed down lots of practices around the country. And the third part is that there's time to do it now. So put those three pieces together and and that's really good news for Queensland. Oh, glad to be a Queenslander today. Go the Maroons. (laughs) So Bruce, I would love to ask you to just outline in simple terms What's the shift been? So you were speaking about now clarity around when does a relevant contract not exist? What has shifted specifically that's different from what we knew last week? Yeah, so people ask me, you know, do I enjoy being a GP? And I always said I really enjoy doing it. It's a great job. And I'm particularly grateful that I'm not a lawyer or an accountant. So my worst nightmare has become true and then I've become a, a de facto armchair expert on payroll tax law, which is something I never wanted to happen in a million years. So what happened is that there's been, as pe- people know, there's been a couple of high profile court cases, the Thomas and Niles being one being the one that people know the most. And one of the things that came out of that was it looked like the flow of funds made a difference to whether or not something was a relevant contract. So if the funds went straight to the the doctor and not through the practice, then that was deemed not to be a relevant contract. Well, the feeling was that that would be deemed to be not a relevant contract. So I guess the, the key thing is here that that was the feeling, but an important thing about payroll tax is that I don't get to decide what is an, or is not a relevant contract. Uh, the accountants don't get to decide what's a relevant, is or isn't a relevant contract. It's actually, and Cura Road, in fact, doesn't get to decide what is or is not a relevant contract. It is actually the courts that decide it. So because every contract and every circumstance, every practice is different, it means that potentially every practice was going to have to go to court and establish this precedent. So QRO putting this out there means that they've said, if you do this, then that will not be a relevant contract. And you, and so practices will not have to go to court to defend what they've done if they stick to the provisions within the, the updated public ruling. Okay. So just for some further clarity, my understanding is that the flow of funds have now become the key issue in the determination of whether the payments that are pretty much associated with a GB and a client-patient type of relationship, that those payment flows, as long as they land directly with the practitioner rather than with the practice in any sort of sense, that is then deemed to be excluded from that provision of the relevant contract status, regardless of any other money flows that may or may not happen. Is, is that roughly right? I'd love to hear a bit more about that. Um, I'm not sure about the regardless of any other money flows part, but mm-hmm. absolutely, the, the the flow of funds is the, now the key thing. So if the funds go directly to the doctor and the doctor pays the service fee to the practice, then the curo has said that that will not be a relevant contract. There are some other parts to this as well. We, you know, this all gets 
very technical and very boring. Yeah, it does. So one, of the other thing, <laughs> one of the other things that we asked if, is uh, if practice um, sets up a third entity that is removed from the practice but still controlled by the practice, would that be a relevant contract? And the answer is definitely that it would. Yes. And the other one, if the if the doctor sets up a company and that uh, receives the funds and pays the doctor, would that be a relevant contract? And the answer there is, is that it definitely would. So it is great that it provides a great deal of clarity. Unfortunately, there's a clear path to re resolving the issue here, but unfortunately it's a circuitous one and it's a somewhat uncomfortable one as we're going to have to uh, manage a number of different bank accounts within the practice. And there's various ways of doing that. We can discuss that if you like, but it, it is going to increase administrative burden. But look, I, there are some other things that I'm still working on with Curo to just so if we can uh, alleviate that. But at least we have certainty now, and that's a big deal. So that's really interesting, Bruce. This area is still evolving. I think it's sort of something that I probably wasn't thinking about when I got this ruling. I was like, oh, now this is everything you need to know. But it's really important, I guess, to make it clear that this is still a moving target. We have some ground rules, I guess is probably a nice way to say it, or some some real solid facts to work from, but it is still moving in what in, in some of the detail. Is that correct? Yeah, look, um, you know, I've been a dog with a, a bone about this for kind of 18 months now. It's taken me 18 months to get to here. I am putting one more question to the QRO, and that's if, if the practice sets up an entity, and uh, for example, and there's a number of ways to do this, but as an example, one way to do it would be the practice sets up a non-discretionary trust, and it actually has all the doctors as they come on be trustees in that trust. So essentially then they become, if you like, shareholders within the, the entity that is owning the bank account, which means that then you can go back to one bank account that controls it. The doctors are involved in that and then the payments go from there. So that's the, the refinement that I'm putting yeah, to Curo awesome. uh, to see, yeah, to see if they'll can't buy into that. So I've put lots of scenarios and some of them they've shot down in the public ruling. Mm. But, you know, I, I, you know we, I think we've achieved a lot and we just need the other states to get on board uh, now. Oh, I just want to say congratulations. I think this is the most solid founding that we've seen for a long time in this space. And that's why we were so keen to to jump on and, and do, a, do a podcast. So congratulations to you and everyone else in the college has been involved in, in getting us to this point. I think it's a, we can understand what have been a lot of hard work and behind the scenes efforts. Yeah. Thank you. And yes, it has. <laughs> I won't lie. It's been a lot of effort, a lot of to and from and, and uh, lots of phone calls and emails. But, you know, even if I, if we can't get any better, I th still think this is a great outcome. I, I might just talk a little bit about the amnesty as well. Mm. I would urge practices to look really carefully about it. Again, I'm not an accountant or lawyer, so get your expert advice. But I've noticed there's been some pundits out there saying that practices should not apply for the amnesty because you're giving them all the information and you'll be the first up against the wall when the amnesty finishes. But uh, I'd invite people to think about that a little more deeply. So the amnesty goes through till the 1st of July 2025. So that, that 2026 will be the first year that practices who apply for the amnesty, if they are liable for payroll tax, and I think given the time that we've got, they will hopefully avoid that. But let's say they are. So at the end of 26, 26 then the um, Queensland Revenue Office will be able to, to get one year's worth of payroll tax. If you don't apply for the amnesty, at the end of the 2025 year, 
you'll be liable for five years of payroll tax. Now I ask you, which is the low-hanging fruit? Which, if you're the Commissioner um, for Revenue in, in Queensland, who are you going to go after? And, and I, I think the, um, the other thing to remind people is why this has happened. And this has happened because the um, ATO has providing data matching services with the state revenue officers so that all of the state treasurers have been getting up and saying, we're not targeting GPs. This is just normal business. And they're actually not lying. What's happening is the, the data matching service between the ATO and the SROs, the state revenue officers, is just picking up heaps and heaps of general practices. So it's this new process that is a, it means that practices are de facto being targeted and it's seamless. The computers just do it. So because it's so easy, the, the practices will get picked up potentially uh, with that five-year li liability end of, you know, FY25, um, whereas those that apply for the amnesty, worst case scenario is they, they pick up the uh, liability of one year at the end of FY26 and uh, just invite people to think of which mm. is the, the bigger target. Yeah, can I just uh, reflect on that too? Thanks for that, Bruce. My observations through the annual Practice Managers Network salary survey and, and practice survey that we run, uh, we certainly do ask about uh, practice structures and what is the model that, uh, that they put in place in terms of GP engagement and distributions. And over many years now, the majority have actually indicated that uh, they have sort of a traditional contractor type of modelling in terms of the practice receives the fees and it distributes out to the GPs. Even over the time that payroll tax discussions started ramping up, that model was still being put forward as the majority answer for how practices are engaging their practitioners. So that's certainly been a concern for me for you know quite a period of time. And it does sound like at least for Queensland with the amnesty, that this is a good opportunity to limit the risk associated with, you know, perhaps larger paybacks uh, down the track. And now with more clarity around what needs to happen going forward, it may give a bit more comfort for practices to say, I'm going to participate in the amnesty. And of course, caveating that with please get your own independent legal and accounting advice for each of the practices out there too. Yeah, look, I, I agree. I think all of that is absolutely right. And it, the good news is, as I said, you know, no retrospectivity, a clear path forward and time to do it uh, in Queensland. So we just need the other states to come on board. So we've got WA who said that they're not going to levy this on GPs. We've got South Australia who have said provided an amnesty. So we really need them to come on board and look at harmonising. So one of the issues, one of the barriers has been that the states are saying that all of the states except for WA have an agreement where they harmonise the way payroll tax is applied across all the states. So they're saying that we haven't been able to make any changes or provisions because we've agreed to do the same as all the other states, so we don't have any latitude. Now, I think the fact that Queensland has come forward and made this really clear, that if they're serious about harmonising, the other states need to get on board and put their money where their mouth is and provide the same clarity as Queensland has. And then I've got New South Wales and Victoria and Tassie, Bruce, where, where are they at? 
Tess has it, they're not currently interested in it. They haven't provided the same degree of, of uh, comfort as the others. And New South Wales and Victoria are, are the, the most difficult. So there are uh, discussions going on with those states at the moment, and we, we do really need them to come on board. Great. So thanks so much, Bruce. That's been really insightful. We've learned a lot from what you've covered off so far, and it's very, very complicated and very convoluted. I'm just now curious about my Medicare. There's, you know, as you said, so many different state changes, et cetera, and we have a national ruling coming through with my Medicare. I'm just wondering, is there any going to be any impacts with payroll tax and my Medicare and, and vice versa to each other? So the short answer is, I don't know. The long answer is, I think we ju- there's just not enough detail about my Medicare yet to provide any degree of certainty about that. On the face of it, it looks the because most of the payments are coming through as sips and pips, that it won't be a problem. But I go back to I don't I think it's too early to say, and hopefully it won't. And that's quite complicated, and so I think that's a watch this space. Yeah, certainly a lot of um, news, hasn't it? I think, you know, the payroll tax has really overshadowed a lot of the My Medicare discussion. And, and as you say, there's more detail to come. Yeah, I think that's right. And speaking of watch this space, Bruce, where should our amazing listeners be heading to get trusted news? Not the scaremongering news, not the false news. Where should they be heading to get really trusted news that they can rely on? Because it is complicated and it is messy and it is nuanced. So where, would you, where are you saying people are, should head to get some information? Yeah, look, look, I think they should find a really good accountant who knows this space, and that's obviously the, the, the main place. There is a lot of scaremongering going on all over the, the place, but particularly on Facebook, but in, in other places as well, and some of the medical media. I, I'm going to say that the RACBP, and, but also the AMA, are providing good information around this as well. That's awesome. Well, thank you so much. A big caveat, I guess, on all of those conversations, as Bruce put really well there, make sure you get your own independent, well, medically fluid and trained accounting advice and legal advice. People who know this industry and know what happens, uh, very important to getting advice there. Bruce, thank you for being our first ever second-time guest. I can probably, probably compliment say you may be our first ever three-time guest at some point in the future. Thank you so much for your time today. Yeah, thank you. Look, I'm really looking forward to to the third time. Third time's got to be the best. (laughs) No pressure, no pressure. (laughs) Thanks, guys. Really, I really enjoy this. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Medicubes podcast. Make sure you subscribe via your favourite podcast listening app so you don't miss an episode. Medicubes is brought to you by Cubico, MediCoach and Medical Business Services with technical support from the awesome crew at Talking Health Tech. This podcast presents information of a general nature and we recommend that you obtain professional advice for your individual circumstances always. We'd love to hear your feedback, questions and suggestions for future topics on the show. Make sure you visit us via the Minicubes website, which you can access via the show notes of this episode. Also, if you're enjoying the show, write us a nice review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify and share it with someone who might get some value from it so we can continue to share these important messages with more people. Speak to you next time.